Welcome to Upgrading Society, a podcast and community centered around discussing, dissecting, and implementing projects that are seeking to improve the world. Our goal for each episode is to leave you, the listener, with a good sense of what each project is all about. To do this, we have developed what we call a CAP score. CJ, take it away. C is for clarity, A for action, and P for potential. Clarity is how clear your idea is. Action is what you have done thus far. And potential is how promising your vision is. Each letter will be scored from 1 to 9, leaving us with a three-digit score in the end. To get these ideas to the highest score possible, we have three tools to help facilitate the conversation. Mike, tell us more. When you hear this sound, the person speaking has to explain what they mean in simpler terms. We call this no big words. When you hear this sound, everyone takes a deep breath and explains how they are feeling in the moment and give a score of 1 to 10 in comprehension. We call this checking in. When you hear this sound, people riff on future scenarios based on what they just heard. We call this what if. That's it. Welcome to Upso. Let's go. Peter Smith and Raven Hernandez are the co-founders of Earthrides, a ride-hailing app focused on providing fair living wages via employees as drivers and reducing carbon emissions by utilizing a 100% electric vehicle fleet. Peter is a doctor of chiropractic and has spent the last 15-plus years growing his own businesses through fresh approaches to customer acquisition and growth marketing. Raven received her BA in philosophy from Lipscomb University in 2016 and her JD from Pepperdine University School of Law in 2019. As a natural relationship builder, she focuses on developing strategic alliances at the city and state level, as well as amongst national clean technology organizations. Enjoy. So what is Earth Rideshare? What is this all about? Earth for us, it besides it being a lifestyle, it really was a way for us to take control of our own health. You know, we do everything that we can to be healthy. You know, juice, work out, make sure that none of our, um, the things that we use don't have chemicals and fragrance and perfume, but then we go outside and there's pollution mm. and we can't do anything about that. Right. And well, we can do something about that. We can change the habits of other individuals and get them in electric vehicles, stop using ice vehicles, internal combustion engine vehicles, and, and stop polluting our earth. And the way to do that, of course, is not, you can't push, push people to make changes. You have to, you know, kind of slide a hand do that. And so earth, what we do is we offer 100% electric vehicle rides, like Uber and Lyft, but with 100% electric fleet. We employ our drivers and we own the fleet. And the last two are really important because that's safety and quality. When you employ somebody, when you have that relationship with them, that's really long-term and you see what motivates them, what, um, you know, their kids are sick, so they need to take a day off. When you allow to have a relationship like that with the people that you're working with, it provides a better quality experience for the customers and for their quality of life for the driver. And then, of course, safety, you know, having someone that is um, invested in your company, cares about that your reputation really goes a long way. So safety and quality with employing our drivers and then also owning the fleet. You know, that's something that I'm sure we'll get into later on. But owning the fleet really allows for quality and then opportunities for future tech. That's the first piece of, of Earth. Uh, the second piece of that I think is really exciting because it's um, whereas rideshare has been done, not, not to the extent of, of all electric, but uh, no one's done a really cool electric vehicle charging station. 
And so if you like, you can see a little bit of the renderings back here. So, you know, that's going to be more of like the very green space, co-working space, organic coffee, right? Because you're going to have to sit there and charge. And currently, right, I mean, Tesla did a great job. They just went to be the first to market and grow. But I think a lot of people that, that I've talked with in these Tesla groups are saying, you know, I'd much rather not sit in the sun for an hour while I'm charging and mm -hmm. be able to actually, you know, have good Wi-Fi, get things done, have a bite to eat, uh, you know, and, and plus there's that community component because currently everyone stays in their car. But as soon right. as people get out of their car, everyone talks and, and you know, it's, it's a really cool community. So just expanding upon that to further uh, create that community to where it, you know, continues to accelerate the adoption of EVs. I love the the biker gang of Tesla, right? Like like the Tesla biker gang, like like meeting people, um, having an excuse to, you know, the reality is is there's a lot of similarities in Tesla owners, what they care about, what's important to them, and um, I love the idea of having a shared space that these owners go to that it's already, they're already having things in common. Right. And, and obviously as entrepreneurs and we know, and you guys know this as well, is that, you know, it only takes to connect on one thing to grow and build a uh, relationship, friendships and, and, you know, Tesla is a great jumping point for a lot of people. Like, I mean, I know we've had countless conversations about just electric cars and Tesla in general. And, um, I love the idea. I love, I love this, this, you know, um, I saw a little bit of like the, in the background, the renders, um, it's, it's awesome. Earth stations, you know, it's, it's a lifestyle. So it's right. planning your day around being healthy. And, and, and what we do is we make healthy cool. That's really what earth is about is making it sexy and fun and cool and coveted to choose healthy decisions. Like, oh, I'm going to an earth station today. I don't go to gas stations anymore. Like those aren't places that you want to go regardless. And so earth stations are somewhere where you plan your day. All right, I'll go charge. I'll have this meeting. I'll have an organic cup of coffee. Maybe, you know, chat with some friends, meet new people and network and go about my day. And I did it in a really sustainable, eco-friendly way because we won't have any option that isn't. There won't be plastic. There won't be straws. You know, none, none of that. We won't give you the option to choose bad. We only want to empower you to do good. Yeah, like we had one of our, our customers the other day say, I'm going to get rid of my gas vehicle and I'm only going to have you guys take me everywhere because I never want to go to another gas station ever again. Like she currently won't go. Yeah. When's the last time you went to a cool gas station, right? Yeah. Where you like weren't trying to get out of there as fast there's as like possible. There's like one, <laughs> there's one in LA, like on Robertson. I don't know if you guys have ever been there. It's, it's cool. Like, yeah, it's like a spaceship, but well, it looks cool, but like being there is horrible because yeah, it's always crowded. Gloves, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's toxic. You know, a lot of decisions that we make in the day to day, you're choosing between toxic and kind of less toxic, but still toxic, right? And so it's you know, it's the goal of having the solar and having the battery, so the battery pack, so that we can store some of that solar and really just be be self self-sustainable. It makes no sense. It's 2020. Why isn't this already happening? Why are we building skyscrapers that don't have green concepts in them? It should be mandated, you know? Why, why are we tearing down one tree right now? Like, it's insane. Yeah. We, we drove to Florida last month and there was just timber going down everywhere. And I'm like, 
it's just a matter of time yeah. before, before what's happening in California and Oregon right now with the fires, before it hits the south, right? This is just a timber box right here that's damped down by, by rain right? and, and moisture right now. But when is that tipping point going to happen here? And so, yeah, anyway. And you think about California, too. I mean, this is – I have two things that I, I'm really excited. I, this is phenomenal, right? So th- if you think about California, we live in California. Getting up and down the coast of California is a miserable experience. And relying on California to change that experience is nearly impossible. They're going to do nothing productive with any of our roadways or our transportation system for 15 or 20 years. Like, you could probably count on that. So to have a lifestyle and have a – a journey from just up and down the coast of California where you have these, these hubs. And like the, if you're going from LA to, to the barrier right now, you stop in Coalinga, right? And there's a hundred Tesla stations. There's like the Harris ranch steakhouse, right? That is it. And if you don't stop there, you're going to stop somewhere where you want to get in and out as fast as possible. Like the hurdle to beat the lifestyle and vibe of the Harris Ranch, right, is is a very low hurdle, right? Like, and this is in California. Imagine all the other states. This is the second thing, and this is where I think you're really hitting a nail on a head and where this there should be a lot of magnetism towards y'all and excitement. Think about non-technology-based industries or businesses in our world where a gigantor has paved the road but not yet built the town, right? Electric vehicles have paved the road for a lifestyle that will be around. Like we're not just going to decide whether or not we want to use electric cars. This isn't, you know, HD DVD, right? This is here, (laughs) right? The difference is Tesla has paved the way for this to exist, but hasn't created the lifestyle and hasn't created the physical implementation of a vibe or of a, a, of a, service for the greater good yeah, right they have there's technology for days that's doing that right everybody's got a new app that makes your life yeah. cooler but product with no infrastructure physical infrastructure yeah. that changes our lifestyle for the better and all while being out in public which we should probably be doing more and making better choices which you're forcing people to do that's where i think this is the most exciting like there are very few things that if you're looking for a good cause to get involved in that you're not heavily technology based and this is heavily technology based too but it's built around a lifestyle and a connection that anchors itself in good right and it's popular like uh, that's what gets me the most excited is that you found this like you know, un, you know, this paved road, this beautiful paved road to a beautiful utopia. And all you got to do is find the right people to build the town together. Right. And it's there to stay. It's very, it's a great very point cool. because like right now it's, you have the Tesla superchargers and you have some other players in the game, but and, and like Tesla's are, the superchargers are, are at max capacity a lot of times. Yeah. Right. So it's like, it's like what happens when the eight other companies are doing millions of cars a year, like where, where's everyone going? Where are they charging? And so just trying to stay ahead of that curve. This is, I can see this easily being something that's replicated by a bunch of different brands who try to do a different version of what y'all are doing at the anchor, right? This isn't just like, this is, this is something that others will want to replicate because it, it, it's a magnetism, right? It's, it's more than just a charging station. It's, it's creating a community, right? And you're going to have to beat that hurdle, not just provide another cool building, but the lifestyle that you're creating within. And the barrier to entry is, is getting fortified every day by y'all from a business perspective. It's pretty cool. 
So what I would love for you guys to walk us through like the first structure, you know, the first one that you guys are looking to build, what that looks like, like how many stations, how many charger stations, like details, you know, for our listeners to kind of wrap their heads around specifics. You know, it's always like you guys have been in the trenches, obviously, of this and like we're the same way. We're talking about stuff and we forget. Oh, yeah. Like, no, there's like specifics that like people can latch onto right now that to understand kind of where you guys are at in the process and what, what we can look forward to stations. It's so funny that you asked that stations were really this. It felt almost like a dream that, after, yeah, it was, you know, Oh, we would love to have stations. We would love to have this space. And then it kept talking about it and people kept asking about it because we assumed that it would take, more time, you know, having a, having earth ride here in several cities to really get some of that momentum behind the stations. Um, and that's not been the case. So, you know, we have been having to have those really detailed thoughts and and laying out what stations look like. And it's exciting to think that they're sooner, they're coming sooner than we realized. Um, so it's, if you pull right in, there's no, we're not going into the ground, you pull right in and it's directly underneath two other floors. So the base floor, the ground floor is the charging and in there, you know, it's covered. So that's nice. You get out from the elements and there's a lot of green elements that are around the the structural components of the building. You take an escalator up and you've arrived to basically that community level of a station. So you grab coffee, you um, go sit on the patio area Maybe there's, you know, there's um, everything. And so it's, and I, excuse me, because I'm not a builder, so I don't have the exact <laughs> word. But yeah. the, there, in, in the middle, you can see right up through. So it's it's cut out like that in that sense. So where you can see directly through up and you can actually see the solar on the roof. So that level, that first level um, is really that community space where you, um, you know, refresh and relax from your time on the road. The next level is is where maybe you start to get to actual work. It's that co-working vibe. It's the meditation room that you book ahead in the app when you're on the way to the station. I want to do some yoga. I want to, you know, unwind and really decompress from the five hours that I've been on the road. I mean, think about changing the lifestyle of truck drivers. Now Now they're booking a time to get a workout in so that they can actually have a healthy lifestyle but still be a driver. Yeah, it's a very unhealthy lifestyle. Oh, very unhealthy. Yeah. So that third third level is really that co-working space. Maybe um, you you book an office suite. You can have it for more than you know a short amount of time. That can be somewhere where you consistently go. And we we will have some that are more HQ style. So that third level will be more of our employees and and our um, C-suite type officials in, in each city. But we also want to have some of that community so that they can have offices in there and we can be connecting with our consumers. Do you have anything to add? Yeah, depending on the location, open air versus yeah. closed. Obviously, anywhere up north is going to be more closed with sliding doors. South will be more more open air. It's amazing. Yeah, the truckers is a good topic as well because I, I know a few people who drive trucks for a living. And, you know, as... Um, Profit margins have decreased over the years in trucking and logistics. Um, these drivers are every minute is tracked, right? They have no free time um, to 
make healthy choices. Like everything's just like marked out for them. It's like they're like robots, and it's 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 like kind of disturbing a little bit of like how much their days are have to. There's no room for like personal anything. So I think if companies are looking at that as another, you know, uh, working with with you guys and having a place for those drivers to actually make good choices on the road. I mean, we talk about this all the time. Like my partner and I like, you know, taking road trips. It's like, I can't believe there's not like, just like one chain of good, healthy choice restaurants, like on the road. Right. It's like, it's always like, all right, well we got Taco Bell, uh, Chipotle or McDonald's and like, that's it. Right. Like, yeah. And can you guys throw like a drive through in there with some fresh greens? Yeah. You know, no like bad even choices. Like, right. Because you're going to have to stop. You, you want to stretch yeah. your legs. And so having some prepared quick things. But it's funny that you, I just want to touch on that, that you said that um, because it sounds like you've been on a road trip with a Tesla. And <laughs> so we, ha- we have a cooler in the back and that's like the most successful thing. We have a cooler and a, a lunch bag. So the cooler has things where we stop. And then the lunch bag is like quick grab, grab things. Right. But we go out and we'll lay a blanket down wherever we can. And we'll do, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll work up a sweat because we've been in the car and we see that other people are doing the exact same thing. And we, people have lawn chairs that they pull out of their Tesla to sit right. and, and relax because I don't want to go to the place with bacon and grease and, you know, right. things and then get back in my clean cart. I mean, it's, it, it doesn't yeah. make sense. It doesn't even happen in California. I mean, y'all are in Tennessee. It's the same here. There there aren't quick choices. And like, is there anything with a drive-through that's even failed that you can think of that tried? Like, why isn't anyone trying other than, you know, you know what? I th- I other think than big business trying I, to kill us slowly? Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys heard of Amy's Organics? No, I, I have heard of that, but I don't think we, I don't think, do we have those in California though? It's up north. She's got one location. I think this one may be open now. It's, it's really cool. Um, but you know, that would be a really cool fast food type of healthy restaurant to have in yeah. there. I mean, throw in a Monty's good burger for like, like 30 yeah. years. Um, throw in creation juice for the juices. Yeah. I was, we have a, a creation, creation down the street. I'm, yeah. That's what I'm envisioning, to be honest with you, like a creation style vibe. Yeah. Definitely have inspiration from creation. Inspiration yeah. from creation. Is it, like, yeah. I love yeah. it. You know, but it's, it's, it's getting in and getting out and getting what I need. And I right. feel good. Because that's the goal. I think everyone's goal in life is to feel good. They just don't. They haven't been taught how to do it. Right. right. Find it, you know, they're like finding the next thing. Oh, if I just, you know, if I switch to five hour energy drinks versus coffee, then somehow I'll have a, a cleaner crash. And it's like, well, let's just not have a crash in the first place. Let's make right. it feel good all day long by eating really good food and getting proper sleep and exercise and sunlight. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, let's make this earth a better place. That's, a, I mean, that's, I think, uh, more and more something that, our age group is thinking about now. Like I know personally I've been on this journey for like I'm 36 for at least five or seven years where what can I do to make incremental changes? So I continue my energy level that I had in my twenties, right? Like I used to work till four o'clock with zero food in my stomach and work a 12 hour day and not even think about it. Now, if I don't have like a proper breakfast and tea, like I'm doomed by noon, right? Like I'm a mess and I can't even think straight. So it's like, what can I do to tweak? How can I, how can I make small changes 
that continue to keep me on that efficient frontier? And then what are the partnerships I need in my life through companies or through brands or through whatever that puts those, those right choices in front of me? Like what's my lifestyle and what do I need to, to put around me so that I'm influenced by the right things. Right. And this is, this is like a forced do the right thing. You stop at, you stop at these places and you're basically saying to yourself, I'm not going to give myself the temptation to do the right, right thing. That, there's a lot to this. I was going to say what's beautiful about choosing the right thing is that, especially from a business perspective, is when your employees are not sick, when they're not having to rack up bills with healthcare, when they're not worried about parking, when they're not having a one-hour drive that makes them want to pull their hair out to get into work and then two hours to get home, we can take care of all that stuff and we can alleviate that when they can be in the car on the way to work and they can catch up on some personal things that they want to get done. They can do some, you know, self-improvement. They can listen to podcasts, read a book, and then they get there. They don't have to worry about parking and they just walk right in. What kind of productivity are you going to have from that employee versus the one who just sat in LA traffic for God knows how long and then had to figure out parking has to pay an exorbitant amount of money each month for parking you know, they, they get there and they already resent their employer for not paying them enough and making them have to deal with all this nonsense just to get to work and make not fair living wages. So that's really what Earth is, you know, besides besides being a lifestyle, it's a way to help businesses have better productivity from their employees and from their employees to enjoy that business, to say, hey, you guys appreciate me. You, you've gone a little bit extra. You know, you, you send a Tesla to pick me up every morning, and maybe it's with another coworker or two. We all live in the same neighborhood, and so we all get picked up. We come in. We have that camaraderie. We're excited about going to work and, and really pushing something forward. It, it It's not only good for the earth, but now we're talking it's good for the business, it's good for your bottom line. Have you done business modeling or – financial forecasting on someone renting a car in different demographics throughout the country versus using your program or, or secondarily maybe even gone to companies and said, why don't you offer this as part of the, the package? I know in the Bay area, there's a lot of this. I mean, in the Bay area, you go to like some exits in the East Bay and until they change like the street code, there's like a hundred cars lined up in the middle of nowhere. And it's because they just meet up and get in carpools to get over the bridge. Right. Like the people are doing it organically using like Reddit. Like this is, you know, it's not like you're going to have to teach people the right way is, have you modeled that to show somebody like, you know, I could spend $650 a month plus insurance, plus this, plus gas or plus charge versus just having two rides a day. Yeah. And, and really going to the businesses before COVID, we were in talks with some large corporations here in Nashville and basically, right, there's, there's $260 of pre-tax money for, uh, for that carpooling that, that a company can give an employer. Mm-hmm. So then if, if you have 4,000 empl- uh, you know, employees, then it's almost like buy a car and put it on our platform yeah. and, and like partner with us. Because at that point, there's almost a break-even point of where there, it's paying for itself uh, through the pre-tax dollars, uh, the money they're saving for employee, those sort of things. So Break-even financially, but then, you know, through the roof. the intrinsic like, value of the service. Yeah. Yeah. So in your, mind, your mind, something like that, a company would purchase the car and you would supply the driver. 
Is that-, that that was just yeah that was just one model. We've kind of gotten away from that at this point, uh, but that is that is something that you know we're open to. But um, and in the sense of you buy that car and you know that that car is dedicated to picking up your employees, dropping them off. But in the interim, we can then go make money with that car and and possibly have a profit a profit split on that. That's something that we had discussed in the earlier stages. Gotcha. You know, it is expensive to buy cars, and we do want to have as many of those cars be in our fleet and in our ownership. Yeah, it's better for you But having, yeah, sharing that ownership, sharing some of the profits on that so that this business now is like, okay, I, I'm, yeah, I'm picking up these employees and I have this cost of this car, but I don't have to worry about any of the logistics and this car is going out and making money and paying for itself very quickly so that I can go and get more cars over time. Um, and we've also discussed just with, it's very, been very interesting with um, business owners who have a lot of co-working spaces. They are, they are very interested in getting rid of their cars because of parking costs and things like that. So just like you were saying, I had a, a woman who recently was one, willing to pay $1,500 with a Mercedes option where you lease the vehicle and every time it's empty or dirty, they just replace it. So it's, it's very convenient, but she still has to park the car. She still has to pay for parking. She right. still has to make sure that it's getting switched out. You know, all of these logistical nightmare situations are still occurring. Whereas with Earth, you pay us a flat fee and we have a week pass and a weekend pass. So they're different options. So if you're a tourist and you come into Nashville, you're going to be here from Friday, you know, Monday morning at the latest. You're going to go out, you know, let's say you're going to need 10 to 12 rides. That'll be a different price than the Monday through Friday individual from nine to six who has that set schedule, you know, three a day, maybe four a day, including like a lunch. Um, that, that'll be more consistent. So that'll be priced within each market versus someone who's a tourist and is like, I want to use Earth and I want to have, you know, I, I want to go ahead and prepay with my friends so that we can split it a weekend pass so we can go to all the different bars and, you know, partnering with um, amazing local organic and vegan type restaurants to highlight them and say, Hey, you know, we have this weekend pass. You should check out this really cool hot spot um, called Avo that has, you know, volleyball sand courts and has organic juices that you can maybe put a little bit of tequila in, you know, having those different partnerships and really allowing people to see that financially, make this decision, use earth, and then we'll help connect you with other businesses who are also promoting earth and who also have earth-like values. Because yeah, due to the economics of EVs, we're able to compete with Uber and Lyft on pricing, right? You're getting basically a black car service without the black car price. Yep. Yeah. And, and it's zero emission. So, you know, that's like, first off, people get in the car and they're like, Oh, this is nice. This is a this is a Tesla. What is this? And they're asking all kinds of questions. Then it's like, oh yeah, there's no there's no gas. And then right, there's all these layers to it that keeps just building on top of each other to where they're just they're taking us every single ride. They're, yeah. they're just like they're just like we're not taking anything else anymore. And from a business perspective, that probably doesn't work unless you own the entire fleet, because then you have the flexibility and the more cars you own the more competitive you can be because you have the collateral the flexible collateral for more more units i'm i'm such a business geek i i'm like in my head going through the different meetings where you funneled down into keeping all the cars and not doing that that revenue share and where it seemed appealing in the beginning and then eventually you're like no 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 the bottom line if we can get over like 
85 cars, like no mas, like phenomenal. So if we had 140 cars, we would have 15% of the ride hailing market. Yep. 15% of, you know, 40,000, 40 to 50,000 rides a day. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm down for that. I'm totally down for a 15%. And, and, you know, we'd love to have more as well. And, and that is something that there's this fine line between owning all the fleet and then opening it up for a TNC type model, because as people continue to get interested in EVs, allowing a, someone who has an EV to put it on the market and drive sometimes, but still vetting that person, still having really high security checks, you know, FBI background checks, fingerprinting, um, potentially doing some drug testing, things like that, to where we still can keep that quality is super important. So we, we've talked long-term having a mix of think, having a fleet that we own, but then allowing TNC to be an option for select drivers. And, and, and select areas. Because yeah. certain rural areas that will never hit or certain cities will never hit, but we don't want to leave them out. So... Would it be like, would it be like you have a big company that's in a random city, like, you know, maybe we hire three individuals and then the three individuals partner with you and they do all the driving for your fleet of cars. And then we're taken care of because we control the three people, you control the ride share and that's that, that partnership. Yeah. And they do more of the control of the vehicle so they can use it and their off time is personal. Yeah. They're char charging it all of those different type of logistical things they would have more ownership in. So it would be kind of, kind of how right now the ride hailing is, you know, own your own business, right? That's yeah. how it's touted. And so that, that model would be like that in that sense. Yeah. Interesting. I do. I do. Yeah. I have a little I three. I don't have the cool Tesla. <laughs> Come January, I think I think we're gonna get a Tesla. I yeah, so. I like the i three. I had a Nissan Leaf, so it's better than the Leaf. She laughs at me all the time. He's six Leaf. six. <laughs> I put a black. I put a matte black wrap on it. I feel like it's all cool. When I got I got a puppy, and I was like, I need. I used to have like a sports car, and I was like, I don't need this. I don't like driving fast because I'm worried I'm gonna get a ticket all the time. And he needs a little back window, so it, it made a lot of sense. And they're very inexpensive. And frankly, I, I went to get a haircut this morning, and driving at 7.30 in the morning in L.A. when there's no traffic and zipping around in that thing, it's like it's like a big golf cart. I have a good time driving it. <laughs> so whatever. To each their own, I suppose. I love it. So where what are the next steps for you guys as a company? Like where where are you? We talked about the vision of the Earth Ride Shares uh, or of the of the Earth stations, I should say. A lot of talk about the stations, a lot about the model. Um, where are you right now, and what are the next steps? Yeah. So we have, actually, this afternoon, we've got four second interviews for drivers. So we're in the process of hiring our first batch of drivers. Um, those All those will be trained and starting on October 1st. We've been beta testing for roughly the last 45 days. Um, within the next today is the 12th so within the next 20 days we'll be creating quite a bit of content with some influencers some nfl athletes to really have our big push be around the first of october and do a lot of grassroots marketing we've been um, in, in conversations with quite a few condos here in nashville to also offer um, our services so really october 1st is like our grand finale you know we thought it was going to be on earth day um, the world had other plans and so now we're having it we're having an October 1st, we'll be, we'll be pushing all of our drivers and our um, 
our cars out into Nashville, Middle Tennessee, to be specific. From there, really just um, understanding our own analytics and, and understanding, you know, what works and what doesn't with owning your own fleet and having um, consistent type of drivers. And so our goal by, you know, the end of the year is to have seven vehicles in Nashville and then be looking out to Atlanta and Los Angeles as our next two cities. We've had conversations already with LA and with um, some individuals in, in the government sector within the city and the sustainability and transportation offices and seeing how we can make a relationship work sooner than later. Um, and then, you know, past that, it's just buying more cars and raising more money and um, hiring more people and, and providing them fair living wages. You know, that's something that I think gets overlooked quite a bit is driving isn't something that you grow up to be. You know, someone doesn't grow up, I'm going to be a truck driver because that's really sexy, right? But it's essential and it's important and we need those people. And so we need to care about those people. We need to provide them, you know, good, good paying jobs. And we need to say, Hey, you're essential service to, to our economy. We don't, we don't get to buy things. We don't get to order off Amazon with next day shipping without you. And so with our drivers, we offer them a base salary plus commission, plus all of the tips they get to take home because we want them to feel appreciated. And then of course, um, as we grow, having an employee, um, an, an option pool for them is something that we plan on having. And so, yeah, I mean, in the short term is ha having these, these interviews this afternoon, um, making some selections, training them because most of them haven't driven EVs and getting on the road. I love it. How do you get into a new city? So let's say somebody's really interested in, I almost said a couple of cities that probably wouldn't be good right now. In Dallas, right? Somebody's in Dallas. They want to, they really love this. They want to be like, your main person in Dallas, like what do you, what's the architecture of a team? How do you, what do you build out to create that footprint? Like you said, you're going to do LA and Atlanta next. What were the, other than the bureaucracy and the logistics, getting into the city and getting it okayed, like what, what boots on the ground do you look for? Do you need like seven drivers and a manager and like a car staff? Like what does that infrastructure look like? Or perhaps if our listeners are out there and they want to get involved, like, and they're like, Hey, I'm over here in this city. Like, how do I get involved with you and be on, on, on the ground floor when you come here type of thing? What does that look like? Yeah, there's, I mean, from a, us owning everything, owning the fleet perspective, coming into a city. Yeah. It's in LA, it would probably be around 10 to 15 vehicles to start in Santa Monica, Venice, Malibu, and, you know, servicing that area. Until the and boots on the ground, uh, we're huge uh, fans of, of, of grassroots marketing. You know, we're we don't plan on. We may run some digital ads and things, but everything we've done is is all word of mouth, and I think that goes a long way uh, in in garnering the uh, the long term customer and the you know the fans and, and building your community. So we're really working with with the communities. Um, what else? I'll take over. Yeah. So how, how a city works is having three full-time drivers for each car and then having some part-time floaters so that we can offer that flexible schedule. You know, I, I recently hired last week a mom and she was really concerned that, you know, we, we locked her in from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. four days a week. 
And she said, you know, my husband sometimes his job every couple months will just say, hey, instead of Tuesdays, you have to come in now on Wednesdays. And he's a soul, you know, he makes more money than she does. And so then she's gotten into a lot of sticky situations. I said, that's, that's no problem. You know, it's, it's not like you, you have to, you have to work on Tuesday, you know, okay, now you work on Saturdays. We, we, we are flexible with you. That's something that we can easily do because we can replicate the TNC model just a little bit, just enough to make it attractive to our drivers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So three, three full time. And then, you know, two to three floaters for one vehicle, um, shifts for the vehicles are 6am. So in a new city, we always start at 6am. That's really the, the 2am to 6am is not something that, um, is necessary in the beginning and also really not as, it, it can be fun, but it can also be problematic, right? Like the, yeah. the things that are happening from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. So 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. is the first shift, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., and then 6 p.m. to 12 and during the week, and then 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. on the weekends. And how we figured that was just, you know, testing the market and, and things like that. But with that being said, reservations are a huge part of our business. So if you do have a 2 a.m. flight that arrives on Wednesday morning, um, you book that ahead and we'll have a driver and we'll have one of those floaters who can go ahead and, and be there for you. Um, past that, the people that we need on our team are, you know, we can handle a lot of the things remotely, you know, um, doing interviews and, and really even teaching people like that. But someone that we need on the ground is a, a director of brand partnerships in each city. That's something that's super important is having the person that has the connections in the city who can say, Oh, I know the best spot that you should guys go to, you know, they, they have similar lifestyle um, choices that you all make. You guys should connect with them. So having someone in those markets that really knows the city beyond that, you know, we always love to connect with the government because it is super important to not just come in and say, Hey, we're here, you know, deal with it. You know, that's not our style. So before we, I had even um, um, filed my certificate of existence in Tennessee, we were already having conversations with the state of Tennessee and the city of Nashville. So we're both on committees at the state level for the Tennessee Department of Environment and Conservation and continually having conversations with them, offering our services, offering, you know, our ideas and and listening to what they are thinking. That's another key component is having someone who who has or is willing to have a relationship at the city and state level because we want to work in, 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 we want to coexist. I don't want to be having friction with states and with cities. You know, of course, friction creates growth sometimes. And what we need right now is growth for this earth and, and for, you know, just the lifestyle of Americans. We're overworked. You know, we pay a ridiculous amount of money to just live in a building from 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. And then we have to go be out, right, again. And we don't get to actually enjoy our homes and we pay this exorbitant amount of money. So working with city and state, so having that person. And then beyond that, I mean, you know, brand ambassadors at the college level who are excited about clean tech, you know, brand ambassadors um, just within the creative world and within the music world, people who who want to know more about being healthy. You know, we don't expect everyone that we run into to already be down this path with us. But if you're open and if you're excited and you're willing to learn, then come, you know, come and we will teach, we will learn from you, we will learn, you know, all the things of how to really market to people as well of how to 
how to be better at making earth cool, making health cool again. Um, so hopefully that answers your question with what each city needs. Absolutely does. Absolutely does. I mean, I, I'm thinking, I, I have a buddy that um, is developing a apartment complex in San Diego. And part of the the kind of pitch deck is it comes with electric vehicles for all of the tenants in the building, right? So you don't need to own a car. The city prefers that you don't own a car because of the, the traffic footprint, right? And if we're going to be shoving a bunch more people in a small area, the traffic's going to get ridiculous. So it's actually a huge selling point on their pitch deck to say, like, you come and you rent here, you don't need a car, and we actually prefer if you don't bring it. There'll be one there at all times. I'm guessing that's similar where you said you were working with housing developments. It's you've, you're looking at partnerships with them to decrease their their footprint and their maybe a building has four of your cars and then they need to build like 60 less parking spaces, which probably helps their bottom line too. Right. Yeah. We're, we're actually having conversations with a university here in town. who's like in downtown Nashville. Mm -hmm. It costs $23,000 for one parking spot. Yeah. Per year. Per year. Yeah. That's how much one student brings their car on. I mean, and they can't, and they, they don't have enough parking. Plus tickets when they park in the wrong place, right? <laughs> They're just moving these, these cinder blocks back and forth, back and forth. And it, it makes no sense. There are 90,000 people before COVID. 90,000 people would drive into the city of Nashville in a single car, in, in a single occupant car. So one person yeah. vehicle, 90,000 people. And, I mean, and each of those cars have five seats. I just think how cool would it be that the only cars that are on the road are the ones that are working. There's no cars ever parked. Yeah. Like a much cooler New York City, right? Instead of the taxis everywhere, it's Tesla's everywhere. Yeah, I love to talk about, you know, the future of transportation. That's something that gets Peter excited. And, you know, he um, – and I don't want to bash Southerners because I am a Southerner, but I remember <laughs> when Tesla came out, people, people talked really bad about it. And so that's what I thought. I was like, oh, yeah, like electric vehicles. What? That's, you know, that's so crazy. Like that will never happen. That's terrible. Like, you know, whatever the, the language was, that's what, that's, you know, that's what was around. So that's just kind of like, yeah, that makes sense. That's what everybody's saying. And then, you know, I moved to California, I had a health scare and my whole perspective on everything changes. And Peter one day was saying when we were, you know, really in the, this, I mean, we all are, we always will be in the research phase, but we were in the, really the depths of researching this company. And um, he was like, yeah, I think the future is nobody owns cars. And cars are always out working and picking people up. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning days, like, no, that's not, no. Like, I don't want that. What do you mean? You know, that's just, it's baffling to, it was just so baffling the thought, but now that we're here, you know, it just, I mean, we'll tell them. Well, well, I mean, even like um, on Broadway here in Nashville, right, they, they've closed off the streets because it gets so busy, they have to get people into the streets. So they're already, like cities are already doing this where they're, Right, removing any driving there. So then, you know, then the answer is, is parking out, more parking on the edge and, and walking. I don't, you know, that's a temporary fix. So yeah, I think it's just as, as simple as uh, more and more young people, and I mean, even, you know, 30s, and I mean, you, you, even up to my age are just, I would rather not own a vehicle. When I was yeah. in LA, 
I got my Nissan Leaf got smashed in, in Beverly Hills, and and so I was without a car for a year. And fortunately, it was when Uber was at a time where I think it was like five dollars I could go from Santa Monica to downtown LA. <laughs> it was crazy subsidized rides at that time, right. and so and I and I loved it. And so it's like, where is that breaking point for people to where they're like, oh, it just doesn't make sense, and I'd rather just have a private driver, and it's going to be quicker to call a car than to even go into your garage and get ready and pull out. It's just, you know, yeah. order it, you walk outside and, and go. So I grew up driving 30 minutes each way, 45 minutes to get to high school, right? In a car with my little sister by myself. And then I moved to New York for 10 years and I drove like once a year when I come home. I, I remember at one point my driver's license expired. I came home for Christmas and I didn't even, I was driving around for three days before I realized my driver's license was expired because I never, I didn't ever even, I looked at it. Yeah. And people made fun of me when I moved back and I didn't want to drive anywhere. And they're like, you don't want to drive? It's like, I prefer to be driven. They thought I was pretentious. I'm like, no, it's just twice as efficient and I can do things while someone's not killing me on the road. Like, wh what do you mean it's pretentious? Like, that's like... What are you doing for 45 minutes staring at the asphalt? You know, like, why don't you be more productive? Like, it just, it just makes sense. Yeah. It's going to become something that you do, you know, oh, let's go drive. You know, like, you haven't yeah. done that so long. Because the most successful people in the world, you know, they're not driving. They're not driving themselves. They're, they're using that time to either, you know, meditate or work, check emails, read a book, enjoy the company of, I mean, I love going on a date night with him and being in the back of the car and this is it. Like that's all. It's just me and him eye to eye having a conversation, connecting with each other and not having to worry about where are we going to park? How long is how long is it going to take to get there? Which route are we going to take? None of that. It's like stress-free. We're just enjoying each other's company. And that's, you know, the future of transportation as I'm sure we are all excited to talk about is, is autonomous. You know, yeah. why, why Tesla? Yeah. You know, why these Teslas for our fleet and it's well forward thinking completely. Yeah, because I've had people say, well, what if, you know, Tesla's talked about the robo-taxi, you know, when is that going to happen? I don't know. I, I just kind of look at um, the guy that's so, uh, Peter Rawlison, right, uh, of Lucid Motors. He designed the, the Model S and, and built out the whole engineering team and, and everything. And he said, uh, there's a 99.9% .9 chance that in 10 years, we still won't even be close. And so I look at him and I'm like, okay, so it's probably still yeah. one ways away from, you know, from just complete autonomous driving. I think certain areas of the country are going to, you know, it's easier, obviously, like Phoenix and Scottsdale and those areas, flat, straight roads. That's a very easy point A to point B, but you start adding in, you know, difficult terrain for the vehicles it's just not there yet yeah and of course legislation but we don't have to <laughs> what about the hubs are these are these concepts are you thinking about putting your first one somewhere what's the what's the timeline on those yeah our stations um so we're actually we are having conversations with a, with a, um, a developer here in nashville who's building a high rise and having um, many mini air stations within other buildings before we actually have our like HQ kind of big grandiose uh, I, station. Yeah. I mean, I've looked at some properties in Calabasas and, mm -hmm. and out in that, that corridor. Yeah. I think, I think 
because that that model allows us to have the station plus the some solar. You know, we can charge a lot of vehicles with one a one megawatt solar farm, and uh, so you know. But then you know, back to the stations you guys had asked, uh, like how many, and so at fifty thousand dollars per install uh, of a fifty kilowatt charger, um, that's you know that gets quite capital intensive. Uh, but the good thing is, I know California. It may already be in place, but they're having, what, what was the percentage? Was it 50? I think it was 50, 50%, yeah. 50 through uh, LA DWP, uh, a rebate on, this, on the DC fast chargers. So There's so many good deals in California, right? Now. Not to cut you off. I have a buddy that, that sells it in San Diego, and I get a message like every other day, like, why haven't you done this yet? Check this out. Look at these numbers. Look at the new rebates. I'm like, I, at one point I had to like, like give him the time of day and you're right especially in california they're very they're very into it out here the rebates are solid he's they're they're actually because because we're on the committee we get to kind of see what's coming down the pipeline uh there's a 25 percent for um for private businesses and then for government 50 percent. but you have to be in what they call um oh goodness like an opportunity zone so somewhere yeah yeah target employment area yeah, exactly. So, but back to, you know, down the pipeline for many air stations, we're in conversations with some um, charging infrastructure on pricing so that we can have that be passed on to the developer. They can have negotiations and then we can assist in really um, branding and, and awareness and ownership and then utilizing it for our fleet as well as helping the public know that it's there and getting that. It's really about habit, right? It's I mean, I don't think it's difficult to get people to, I mean, you know, it's not difficult to get people to download Earth and choose us as an option. There's only two players in the game, so it's not super saturated. Um, but then getting people to be exposed enough to where they want to buy one for themselves and then charge it in their, mm -hmm. in their you know, in their high rise, in their condo. And that's, you know, this, this particular builder wasn't even thinking about putting charging in this brand new 2020 build. So there was the, you know, four floors of people, four floors of garages worth of cars, and none of them would have been able to charge because there's not sockets, you know, in any of those. So now we've been able to get into this this builder's ear, and they're they're looking at having a first mini ear station, and that would that project would begin roughly. Um, they've already broken ground, but the actual charging infrastructure that part would probably be in Q2 of next year where we would have solidified something in Q1, but definitely having it now actually happen in Q2 of next year. So definitely a lot sooner than, than any of us expected, but I'm not awesome. going to play. Cool. Cool. Yeah, exciting. Yeah, because a lot of people are like, well, what happens if Uber and Lyft do this? And I'm like, well, it's going to happen, right? Yeah. It's just a matter of time. But who does it better? And then who owns the charging where that happens? And that's right. really where, you know, that's really where we want to have the footprint for the fleet charging. And so that we way can buy, we can buy, um, you know, a piece of land that's relatively cheap and it's just a garage that warehouses our vehicles and we, and we install infrastructure for charging. But why would we, like, why would we do that? Why would we just have a place that doesn't make money and doesn't expose ourselves to the community at a larger hole and provide a service to the community? That's, that's really, you know, air right. station. Is, is a place for us to have, you know, charging infrastructure and a place to powwow with our drivers, but also a place for the community to come together. Because the, the deep charging will be 
in the wee hours of the morning. So the rest of the day be predominantly right. available. All right. Your cap score is eight four seven. Four seven. That's my eight area for clarity. Code. What's that? <laughs> This might be the area code, area code yeah. 847. <laughs> this might be the highest clarity score so far. Yeah. yeah highest it clarity is. score. Highest clarity score, which is phenomenal, which means one, you have something that's digestible, and two, you don't mess it up and it, it's delivered in, yeah. in the same fashion. So that's phenomenal. Action. Action. Actually, we have a four. Yeah. And I think a lot of that speaks to where you're at now versus where you will be in the future. And like kind of where the it's it's not like a lower number, arguably sometimes it's better because it actually so. gets the interest in your project saying, oh, wow, they're only at a four. We can bring this to a six, to a seven, to an eight. And we actually want to see that number increase next time we have you on the show. So that's kind of where that number yeah. kind of. Me too. What that so, is. Yeah. So four is like, it's a good time to get in and invest more. Yeah. Yeah. I would say a high potential and low action score would be very attractive for someone that wants to give their time and their energy to something that's meaningful and doesn't want to like spin their wheels. Right. They want to know that that there's going to be impact like a high action score would be you're getting in in late the eighth or ninth round and you're a, a spoke in the cog, if you will, versus being able to be heard and like help for real. Yeah. That's kind of the way I think about yeah, it. Definitely. Yeah. And then. Yeah. Hey, at first glance, I'm like, oh, <laughs> we're not doing anything. <laughs> well, no, I mean, the way to think about it is like, I mean, like, you know, I think the hardest thing to do and the most important thing to do when we're all um, going down the path of new ideas, new concepts, new businesses is to always like gut check where we are in the process, right? Like, where are we? Are, are you know, did we build... Did, did we build the app? We have 150 cars out and we have 64 state uh, earth stations nationwide. Like that's a lot different number than like, you know, where you guys are at right now, which is exciting. I mean, like, I don't know, like we're always excited to be a part of the process in the early stages. Cause we get to see a company or a vision grow to its full potential. And like, be a part of that conversation from the start and it's exciting for us and it's exciting for our listeners, you know? Um, it's like, it's always like finding the the new band at high, in high school that you get to like tell your friends about, right? It's like, that's such a, a, a gift in itself to be able to find something that's super special and then share it with people because not everybody knows about it. It's like that momentum and potency is super addictive in these early stages. So yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, um, I, I wouldn't be like sad about any, any of those numbers. Like those are all good, good things. Um, hopefully that helps explain that a little better. Yeah. Yeah. Like from a finance and development perspective, like if you were, if you had like 40 stations already, I'd be like, Oh, we probably couldn't help. I probably couldn't introduce you to anybody that could change the way you're thinking about stuff, but you haven't built a charge station yet. I could, I could introduce you to three developers in California that would love to see the bottom line and what those look like and participate and help you build those. Right. And I know that it's early enough where it would be interesting to me to, to connect that. Right. I, I would say the, the lower action score, as long as your potential score is high is, is a strength, right? Yeah, the, yeah potential. Yeah. So my opinion, this alone is not going to save humanity, right? But this will take a significant chunk and it can actually do stuff with very little execution that's going to make a change, right? So I'm my thought is 
if this reaches its full potential, do we still maybe end civilization <laughs> with other issues? Yes. But um, this is a significant step in the right direction for a major issue in pollution. And may maybe the biggest chunk we can take out of the pollution issue is our, our ice cars, right? I like that ice cars. So like attacking that in a way that adds lifestyle very much intertwines with a lot of what we talk about. How do you change people's habits to do right without actually changing what they do at all? Just change how their habits uh, affect an outcome, right? Like I'm liking something to give somebody extraordinary and unhealthy uh, hubris. No, now I'm liking the same thing, but every time I like it, I'm giving money to a charity or something, right? Like you're changing that habit from destructive to, to good. And that is certainly there on at every unit of, of, of energy, right. That you guys expel. So I like yeah, that to build on that. I mean, CJ really hit the nail on the head on that. That's, this is something that is a real tangible thing that is possible to implement right now that can start shifting the way society does things like that's awesome like really cool to see and it's really cool to see as this grows the potential for what this can do to the world and to the way people kind of live and work together so yeah i, I, I love it and i, I want to i want to stop at one of your places in five years going going from norcal to socal i want that to be a thing and be like we talked about this yeah. five years ago <laughs> i think what's really interesting about Earth Ride Share and Earth Stations is that there's kind of like two parts of it. There, the potential is direct as far as like you know, here's the car, here's how you're helping you know the world, here's how you're decreasing the pollution by taking these, the, taking advantage of this service, this company, and then the indirect is slowly, let like CJ and Jerry are saying, slowly changing people and the way that they live out their life right the choices that they make um so in that aspect it's it's a super special project because not every project that we talk about is has a an indirect impact as well where you know people are evolving over time and i think like upso in general like this whole podcast is about bringing projects to the forefront that interrupt the way that we've been taught the world's supposed to work right and um, give a place and give a space for these ideas to grow and expand. And all of us use our resources and your resources to try to help actually do that, right? Not just like, oh, great, I love your idea. Thanks so much for being on the show. See you later. It's like, well, how can we help? How can we, how can our listeners help? Is there something that you need from us right now? Is there something that you need? help with in two years from now like where are you at like that's the whole point of this so um let's ask that question yeah like i'm always like could, what do you need right now <laughs> if you if you could give us your top three hit list of things you need right now that could be a human it could be an asset a resource a research of some kind no wrong answers yeah no wrong answers what does that look like you can take the first one. Oh man <laughs> you know i mean obvious the, the obvious answer is funding right it's yeah. You know, a, a lovely Series A round to have a beautiful, really well-designed, well-thought-out and executed Earth Station and then purchase, you know, 25 to 50 cars, depending on, on that round, would be amazing. 
um, so that we could go ahead and start impacting multiple cities and really start planting these seeds of change in people's lives. So maybe Peter has something that's not so obvious. Um, a clone? Yes. Of each other. <laughs> and, and, but really though, like finding those people in LA that want to take this and, and run with it. And because, and I, Atlanta, because I can't, and, yeah, I can't, everywhere. I want to be popping between cities yeah. and I don't want to be in one place all the time. So finding that those people on the ground that really want to own this, I mean, I think LA is going to be a, one of our bigger, obviously one of the biggest markets. And then in California in general, right, that's a, a huge potential for someone that wants to have some uh, potential ownership in the company and, and take the, take the reins out there. And I think the final thing, you know, especially from you three and just hearing thoughtfulness and, and how you live your own lives and then how you saw how, how earth is going to impact. I mean, the fact that you could see the indirect impact so clearly is, is really exciting because this is what, so I'll get to what I need for the third thing, but the fact that you saw the indirect impact was really special to me because that is, that's why we're doing this. You know, I, I grew up in an environment that did not provide anything that was organic, whether it be relationships, food, water, air. You know, I grew up in, in a very toxic, with toxic people. And I know that everyone that I grew up around me is either dead in prison or still selling drugs and is heading to prison. And that, that, was, that was my surrounding. And, and what Earth is going to do is, yeah, we might just on the service level be providing organic food, but when you are putting something that has an energy level that's of high frequency into your body, next thing you know, the choices that you're making are positive and of high frequency. You're choosing to be around people who speak positive and, and you're choosing better for yourself. You know, for me, it's, it's mass incarceration. It's, you know, um, poor education and, and it's, it's low, it's, it's poverty-stricken communities that don't have access to any of this and getting them this access and then letting them choose for themselves and they will choose better because who, who wants to live in, in a terrible situation? Nobody. So the fact that you see that indirect, because that's really what it's all about. It's, it's really, it's tricking people to choose better for themselves and then being like, wait, and now I'm in this amazing environment. Yeah. I didn't even mean to. So the third thing is, your positive energy, you know, it's, it's putting out there that this will be everything and more that we want it to be. And just, you know, continually blessing us with your thoughts and your positive affirmations. That's, that'll take us so far. I mean, yeah, we're here to help. If, this, if this makes money, that's all you got to worry about. Cause the idea is phenomenal. Like really. And, and frankly, of the, all the people that we've interviewed, you're one of the first for profit ventures where you're, you're very much concerned about making money here, but you're making money doing the right thing by people and, and showing a better avenue. And a lot of the people that we work with are not necessarily interested in making money, but they are interested in making change. And I see this as a much shorter bridge to get to success mm -hmm. because it's easier to talk people into doing things to help you when they can make money. And then there's the side effect is you get to change, make the change, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like... I want the money because that's a that directly means I'm breathing cleaner air. Yeah, and, and it also means that all those people in the frontline communities, we can now subsidize those rides. 
we can geofence that off and charge them what they can afford. So not the the. Uh, we can impact legislation. Yeah. We can impact there, the way cities are built. I mean, give me eighty billion dollars and let's make so let's 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 make solutions happen. You know, it's twenty twenty. We don't need to be shooting for 2040, 2050. We can do it right now. The people that have the the, the one percenters, they have the opportunity and they have. They, they, I mean, they have all the power. I, I want that power. Give me that power and let's make good decisions and then let's keep me accountable so that I don't, I don't just, you know, spit it up and, and buy a bunch of houses and yachts and cars. Like, let's actually do stuff for people. Let's, let's make all our, all our earth better. Honestly, this, this is phenomenal. I'm, I'm a capitalist at heart, but I, I'm in the practice of being a financial psychologist and I have hundreds of families that rely on me to make every financial decision in their life. And I don't think about that too, too much, but the, the success that I think I've had is because I wake up every day and I care. Right. And like, I honestly want to make a difference for the people that trust me. And it's, it comes through in four seconds with y'all and that's the recipe for success these days, right? You know, you can work as hard as you can, but you separate yourself by being unique and in, in, in uniquely good, right? Which is unfortunately few and far between these days. So, But for, hopefully getting, getting better every day. Yeah, you know, well, right? with podcasts like this. If hopefully yeah, we, we can keep, keep doing this and <laughs> putting it in the right direction. I love it. Um, okay, so three things. VC money. So we would love to see a pitch deck, any collateral you can give us to help push along. Phenomenal. You have our buy-in from the energy perspective. Like you're going to get that good vibe from us and we're going to project this as much as we can. What's the third? Uh, Peter's asked for, for individuals who are like us in other cities. Yes. yes. A brand ambassador, someone that can be a leader that wants to focus on making it real and unique to that city, but still minding the culture that you're trying to create. I love it. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank you so much. And we will, we look forward to hearing from you again. Yeah, Yeah, hopefully we can have you on again in in some time and see how things have progressed and do the cap score again, see how, see how that action score is going, right? I'm I'm ready to improve. And then we should, uh, we should uh, do a, uh, like if we, if I go to Nashville, because I actually go to Nashville a lot for um, songwriting, uh, I'll try to film and take, take one of the rides and, yeah, yeah that can be a fun experience and, yeah. and, and record it, do yeah. a little video on it. Yeah, why not, nice. right? Yeah. Submersive experience. Yes. Yeah, I want to put you guys in touch too because like um, in Nashville, there's a lot of writing camps all the time for music. And a lot of times when you go to a camp, there's like 12 people staying at all different hotels. And one of the things that always comes up is like, oh, like who's picking us up? Like, are they sending a van? Are they sending an Uber? What do we do? And it would be so nice if it was just like, oh yeah, this Earth Ride Share is going to pick you guys up and bring you to the studios and take you around town. That would be really nice. Here in Nashville, the um, trying to keep employees is very, very difficult. And so that's one of the perks of having a partnership as a business with Earth is that 
you get to offer your employees this very, you know, exclusive um, service in order to try and keep them and retain them and even wow them to get them to sign on with the job is, you know, I got picked up in a Tesla from the airport and I was driven around with a personal driver the whole time I was there. You know, I wasn't just given credit, right? I wasn't just given credits and like, I had to figure it on my own. Everything was well thought out and I didn't have to think about anything. So that's, yeah, yeah that's exactly what we were going for. For sure. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. you guys. It was yeah, you First seeing you again for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah this, is, this is really cool. Thank you guys for doing this. Appreciate it. Well, how how baked is the uh, is the 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 kind of pitch for developers? Like we do, a, my company does a lot of ground up construction and rehab work, and like specifically in San Diego, I believe that they won the deal that they won because they're doing the electric car thing. That was one of the things that the city really liked and awarded them the project because they were decreasing the footprint for traffic variances. Like it took forever. Do you mean just the, like a mini, like just charging stations or like an earth station? Like if I were to say, I, I have a developer that's building a 200 unit apartment complex in San Francisco. They are very interested in providing like a ride share for their tenants and, and instead of building another floor on their parking garage, right? And the city would be interested in that and that might help them win or get things pushed through with the city a little bit faster because they're doing something on the footprint. If if I had something like that, would that be of interest to you? Is that a little early to, to sit down with developers and have those kind of conversations? I, I would guess without knowing you that Series A is probably more important before you get into those micros. Right. So the series A is a little bit tighter when you're getting that big investor in. Like you don't want as many tangents at that point. But you tell me. We we let we let opportunities speak. We don't dictate our future. <laughs> you know, All right, cool. the energy dictates it. So I mean that's something that it, we'll we'll do a model based on two hundred uh, on a two hundred unit and based on could you give a rough estimate of how many uh, parking spots would be on, on one floor? I could say forty. I, I would look. I, I I could get those numbers for you, but if you could run those numbers, yeah, we could do a model. That answer answers my question. So you 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 know it with great detail, and it's a value to you if I can put those people in front of you. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. All right. I'll put those awesome. in. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Have so, a yeah. good one. Bye. Bye.